Okay, we're continuing on with facilitation ship, making a facilitation shift, going deeper in your ministry with facilitation. And we've been talking about all the facets of, the, of uh, facilitation and the skill sets and the art forms of facilitation. And uh, now I want to talk to you about facilitating teamwork. Teamwork. Because here you are, the leader, sitting at a table. And in fact, <clears throat> the L up here is you, any leader. This oval represents the table. And then around the table, we have what? People, your team. And they're point, the arrows are pointing in. Why? Because they're offering you their wisdom, counsel, understanding, and knowledge. Their answers to the questions you raise. Their solutions. Their new ideas to the directives that you've given. What they see and think and feel based on the safe harbor you've given them to contribute. So the arrows are pointing in. The issues and problems and opportunities are out on the table and being directed to them to work with their teams. The L is you. But actually, for this lesson, this module of the discipleship training, facilitation ship, you're the facilitator. That's the same thing. The leader is a facilitator. So we'll just transpose this to B and F for facilitation. Because that's what a leader is, is the facilitator. And if we're in a discipleship system or a system of discipleship, then you're the facilitator of discipleship and you're doing it right here with your team as we've illustrated, modeled, and role-played numerous times. Now, the, let me share a few things here. The catalyst for outstanding teamwork, teamwork, is the facilitation capabilities that lie right here. The catalyst for ex exceptional teamwork is all, is all dependent upon and proportionate to the skill level of the facilitator, of the team, the CEO, or any leader in the ministry. It's all proportionate. So, Obviously, what the CEO models here with the A-team is going to dictate how effective that team meeting is going to be with these and all of those someday. And for some of you, the next level, today. Some are already there. Level D. The catalyst for outstanding teamwork is the facilitation capabilities, skill sets, art forms of the CEO and the leader. That's how that's going to determine whether this is effective or not. Your facilitation capabilities. Facilitation is an art form. The art of facilitation requires these things. And I'll tick them off quickly because I want to get to a lesson here having and teach you how to facilitate teamwork. 
having emotional maturity. So what's required here for the facilitator? The, what are the art, what's the art form or the skill sets that are required? Having emotional maturity. Not, not, not so hung up, so um, insecure as a leader that you can't listen and let other people say what they think, see and think and feel. Providing, provide, I, and I've told you, I had IQ, high intelligence people that we hired or recruited or transferred in from another division to work with me on my team, and they were worthless. They had high IQ, but they had no EQ, so they couldn't relate to people. They railroaded things. They didn't listen with their heart. They didn't have a heart for other people. They didn't have a heart of a discipler or in the corporate world, a trainer and developer of others. You still care. You have to have care for them. Providing multidimensional, we're talking about the art of facilitation requires emotional maturity. Providing multidimensional leadership. Multidimensional, what does that mean? Well, that means that any given moment, you can jump from here in emotionally to over here. One minute you can have compassion, and the next minute you can be disciplining. But they're, they're actually the same thing. But one minute you can be correcting, you can be hugging, and the next minute you can be kicking. You can be serious, firm, very, very clear, and then laugh hilariously over here. We are multidimensional because it requires various responses, proper responses to various things. <clears throat> Developing masterful communication skills, we modeled some of those here. Masterful. They're not ma you're not masterful at the beginning. It's awkward. You make mistakes. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I said that. Oh, gee, I, need to, I can do better than that. Yeah, that's fine. It's okay. You celebrate that because you're growing. You're learning. And a leader has to allow that in their discipleship team for them to fail too, make mistakes, learn because it's the experience that dictates success. Developing masterful communication skills, asking the perfect questions at the right time. We've sure modeled that. Maintaining focus on broad mandates versus mini goals. This meeting can gravitate into minutia so fast. I mean, just to be silly, you know, uh, we're talking at about one of God's top mandates here. And then we, we're, you're asking the question, why, why is that not completed? I thought we, I thought we agreed it was going to, you made a commitment to that completion date. Well, I, you know, I couldn't get a hold of Joe or Susie. And, you know, she's, you know, I've left eight messages on her voicemail. And the next thing you know, we're talking about, you know, how we can help Susie get a voicemail or answering machine or something. <laughs> what? <clears throat> and it gravitates into minutia so fast. So you, you have to discipline yourself and you give your team a safe harbor to say, hey, we're so far off track here, what are we doing? This has nothing to do with the agenda. 
and I'm going to share that with you a little bit later. Okay, so we broad mandates. And how do you know if you're growing? When yesterday's macro becomes tomorrow's micro. Your, bigger, your macro is getting bigger. And what we thought was macro today is yet tomorrow's macro, micro. That's how you know you're growing. Um, <clears throat> artful facilitation produces these results. So if we develop over time, over time you develop your skill as a facilitator to become an MVP for God. <clears throat> Artful facilitation produces these results. So check yourself. Problems get surfaced and solved by the team, not you. You're not a problem solver. It's not in your job description. Problems get solved here by the team, here by the five teams, here by 25 teams. Now we can handle a lot of problems when we have depth. Barriers come down so teamwork and unity flourish. Barriers come down when that it's all proportionate to how you facilitate this. We talked about that too, where they minister to one another. They're not in competition with one another. They minister to one another. They care as much about Irene, this Susie here cares as much about Irene succeeding as she does about her succeeding. It's called Christianity. Um, personal accountability and performance improves. Personal accountability and performance improves. People adapt to change more quickly once they become less fearful of change. They make a change, and well, that didn't hurt too bad. I can do this. They, you're building confidence in people. They adapt to change more quickly. People are motivated and to do their best, and you survive. Praise that. Let's turn that up to number one, because if the leader doesn't survive, we're in trouble. And that's, we're losing 22,000 pastors every year who uncall themselves. I imagine how many leaders bite the dust. And how many pastors, if 22,000 literally uncall themselves and quit, <clears throat> how many are just hanging by their thumbs till Jesus comes? so depressed and demoralized and dejected and dismayed and I don't, I can't, I don't know. And I talked to a pastor yesterday. He says he sees that all over the world. That's a, that is a tragedy. I mean, 22,000 is bad, but then how many, how, how many more are just stagnating? We've got to reach them. We've got to reach them. And we will. I won't reach them all, perhaps in my lifetime, but I'll set in motion something that will reach more. Amen. <clears throat> okay, now let me, let me uh, talk to you a little bit about facilitating teamwork. Over here, let's put the dysfunctional facilitator. And I certainly don't want to be demeaning, but... Here's the dysfunctional facilitator, and here is the artful facilitator. Dysfunctional, artful. 
And <clears throat> over here, we can also put, under dysfunction here, we can put debilitator. And over here, we can put discipler. I like that. Just wrote it on my note here earlier. It's really good. Dis dis dysfunctional, artful. Debilitator of what? Of people growing and becoming more valuable to God. Debilitating any productivity here. Effectiveness, achievement, anything. Debilitator of God's work, of people and God's work. And here is the discipler and all that we've now learned in two and a half days that that produces. Now, over here, <clears throat> we have the dysfunctional leader that keeps people in a box because they do everything. They do all the thinking, come up with all the ideas. They control and manipulate everything. Oh, they may listen to you a little bit here and there because they heard that's good. But they're going to still control and manipulate and run everything themselves here. But what do we have over here? People that, yes, they're in a job description. I mean, they have, they have a box. They're in a place in the ministry of organization, but they're free to build it. To, take, to make it more impactful than it's ever been before. They're not just in a box. Just do this right here. That's a stay right in there. Don't think. Just do what I say. This is expand, think, create, innovate. The character of God is here. Innovation, creativity, expanding, building. Okay, so what is, let's, let's, let's go back and forth here. The, this, what does the dysfunctional facilitator do? As, I'll just give you six or seven of these. He issues arbitrary orders. Ar they're arbitrary. What does that mean? Well, they're based on his own knowledge. Arbitrary orders. He issues arbitrary orders. He just, you know, what he comes up with. Proverbs that we, we said, that's, that's foolish, that's stupid. There's no victory in that. That's why we call the Proverbs process, the process we're doing here, working, the triangle from yesterday that I illustrated briefly. Okay, but, but if we were artful, what would we be doing? Asking for opinions, solutions, and plans. Asking. Not telling. Asking. You still provide direction, just like Jethro told Moses. You, you, know, get, you go to the mountain with the macro issues. You go to God, but you're going to be going with all the facts. Now, and then the other one, control over here, back over here again, another box. Another box. Controls and manipulates results. Controls and manipulates results. Over here, though, where people are free to contribute and build, we cultivate gifts. We cultivate gifts, provide safe climate for creativity and growth.
We give people latitude to flourish and build. Latitude to flourish and build here. Cultivate. Cultivate, latitude to flourish and build. As opposed to control, manipulate, and debilitate them as individuals. Next box under dysfunction. Demands compliance. As opposed to developing commitment. To disciple is to develop. Develop strength, capability, attitudes. Okay, another box. Insecure. Insecure, unable to allow calculated risk. Insecurity. Fear that somebody will do something that will look them, make them look not perfect. So let's debilitate anybody else from becoming more valuable to God so I can look perfect. <clears throat> and over here. Celebrates what? Noble failure. Emotionally mature and celebrates noble failure. Next box over here under debilitating facilitator. You're still facilitating something, just like you're leading something. You could be doing, you could be majoring in doership, you're leading doership. And people say, oh, I see what you do as a leader. You do everything for people. You do all the thinking, you do all the fixing. and So you're still leading, you're still facilitating, but here it's dysfunctional facilitation, there it's artful. There it's discipling, here it's debilitating. Okay, next one is prejudges. Pre-judges. Over here, seeks and sees the best. Seeks, and part of seeks is see. Seeks the best in every individual. Opens them up to opportunity. Opens them up to opportunity. within your area of responsibility as we've defined it by our organization chart, the sky is the limit with ideas. You're still going to approve them. The or the leader over that area will approve them or you may have to approve the most important things to God yourself as the CEO. But, we're, so, but we want people that can open themselves, be open to opportunity. Okay, over here. What's lacking? Confidence. They lack confidence. 
in what? That you and I will grow and learn, given an opportunity, and have any confidence. You know, when, when you do somebody else's thinking, when you do somebody else's work, what's the message? <laughs> You're too stupid to figure it out. You would never figure this out. I have to do it. Gee, I have to do it. Aren't I this wonderful martyr? Confident, confident, lacking confidence. Here's the confident leader. Confident in what? Confident that they will learn and grow given an opportunity to experience something through involvement. And then finally, rescues prematurely. Rescues prematurely. Rescues prematurely as opposed to the leader who will coach, teach, train, and mentor them, but will not think for them, will not do it for them, will not fix it for them. Are you hearing me? We, we rescue prematurely. And you will have a tendency to do that, facilitators. Yes, you will. Yeah. CEO, these CEOs have had that, uh, th that propensity yeah. uh, to jump in and, and rescue prematurely. You know, well, we ask a question. It's a tough question. They don't seem to know. So we don't give them time to agonize over, to think it through. We jump in with the answer. We can't, we're such adrenaline junkies that we can't stand five seconds of silence. And so we rescue. Or when they come in with their, here's the biggest one I see. They come in with their plan and then you take it and fix it. You know, you get home and your lazy boy fix the thing up here and say, you know, give it to somebody else to do or give it back to them fixed. Okay, you know, here's the way it should be. Here, here, make it happen. Come on. You know, and, and that I see that all the time. Premature rescuing. No. Never allow anybody to escape from a situation without thinking. Let them work it through. Let them go back to the team. That's where they're going to learn. But you coach them. You, you're responsible for their success, so you coach and teach, train, mentor and give them an opportunity to fix it themselves so they feel they build their confidence. Okay, so these aren't all of them, but this is pretty good depiction of the dysfunctional, debilitating facilitator and the artful discipler. So this, these are the, the, you know, if we can get most of these down, Pat, we'll be good. But look at this side of the, of the ledger here, discipleship. Asking, cultivating, developing, celebrating, seeking, or seeing the best in others. Confident, a confident leader. Why? Because you're undergirded with strength. I don't think we mentioned this, but, you know, that was the first organization chart. Moses standing here like this, right? Would he look like this? What happened? They won, right? They prevailed. As long as he looked like this, we got a little tiring working alone here like this. And it got really hard on Moses. So Aaron and her jumped under there. Get under there. You get under here. I'll get under there. Let's, hold, let's keep them strong. 
That's what the master facilitators, other facilitators do. They get under there, help them build the ministry, keep them strong, take the vision and run with it, facilitate the vision. Amen. He gets it, we facilitate it. 